Yes, indeed. Let's go hour number two on a Monday. Hope you're having a good week. Remember, Valentine's Day is tomorrow, if that matters to you. And the Eagles lost the Super Bowl. That matters to me. Uh, Chad and Zay with you on this Monday. We've been reviewing the Super Bowl. We'll continue to do that. What would you think of all the key plays? What would you think of halftime? We haven't even gotten into the Rihanna breakdown. We'll do that maybe at 2 o'clock, and we'll get back into some of the other stuff, and maybe not the game stuff of the Super Bowl. But at some point this week, We'll definitely break that down because you know Zay and I are music snobs. Uh, we uh, also have been talking Longhorn basketball. Big game tonight in Lubbock, 8 o'clock, 7.30 pregame. You also have Texas women's basketball tonight. Both teams with big Monday games, both teams in first place, and with 20 wins as well. Texas women are at Iowa State tonight. Always a tough place to play on the women's side. 5.45 pregame, 6 o'clock tip. That one is on 1019 and AM 1260 right now with the signal issues we've had since the weather. Still trying to get that 105.3, the bat signal back. Hopefully that is soon, but tonight that game will be on 1260 in terms of the uh, women's games or just get the horn app at, at the horn austin in your app store and you can click on longhorns and see uh and get the player uh to stream all those longhorn games all right uh, chad and zay with you on this monday it is time for our normal monday conversation with joe cook of inside texas and on 3.com he's at joseph cook 89 on twitter how are you sir doing great uh, just glad to be here after watching what i think was one of the best super bowls i've seen in the past Several years, I think for sure. I'm, def- oh, yeah. I'm definitely going to put it in the group. I mean, I don't need. It's one of those. I never like to say, "Oh, it's absolutely." The, but there's a nice handful that I could go to, and I think 57 is going to be one you go back to. Those two quarterbacks playing like that, and then you get a little history with Mahomes and a you know excitement. I would have liked to have seen it. Maybe if it's going to be 38, 35 with the Eagles getting the ball as a football fan, right? Maybe not have that flag be so impactful at the end where it's. You know, stifles the rest of the game, but it was a hell of a ball game. As far as two teams who were the best in each conference and just playing the way they did, I mean, I don't know if you noticed this, but the thing that really stood out to me in like the last five minutes was just how hard the Eagles' defensive backs were hitting. Like they were screaming down and laying some that that hit that knocked Pacheco out for a couple of plays. Oh, oh, yeah. Like that was one of those like okay, these, Gardner Johnson. These guys are leaving. We yeah. always say like oh they're leaving it all out there on the field, but you could tell with how hard they were hitting. Not just that play, but a couple other times that they were just playing just high level football, highest level yeah. football. Joe, when you watched Patrick Mahomes at Texas Tech playing for Cliff Kingsbury, could you imagine him at this point of his career being where he's at? No, I I think you saw a guy at at Tech who fit in really well with what Cliff was running and fit in well with Texas Tech. Um, But maybe we were just kind of fooled by the rest of the team that Cliff put around Patrick Mahomes. And there Mm -hmm. were some good players out there. They, They always had a Deep, you know, good receiver crop that was always helped by Cliff's offense. They never could get the defense together as much as they would have liked, but I don't think anybody expected stuff like this. And um, I, I kind of looked at what Jalen Hurts's assistant coach history is. He goes from Lane to, I think, Brian Dabble. Uh, then he goes to uh, the Maryland head coach, Loxley. Um, then he goes to Lincoln Riley. Uh, and then he goes to, I forget, I think he had Doug Peterson for a year, and now he's got this combo. Patrick Mahomes, as good as Cliff was at Tech, didn't have that. And then he gets to you know to the NFL, gets Andy Reid, who's probably the best, one of the top three or four quarterbacks and offensive gurus there is, and now he's in this situation. So I think going back to Tech, 
you could never tell because he wasn't in that perfect and that right situation to bring out his strengths. Like, you know, Jalen Hurts, he was in that right situation so often, but he had those strengths himself. Patrick didn't get that until he gets to the NFL, and now we're seeing the results of it. Yeah, and I wonder how much Patrick would give Bienemy credit if we really sat him down. Because we were talking earlier about how Bienemy's not really getting a ton of this credit. It feels like Reed gets all the credit, even from the players. I wonder how much Patrick would tell us Bienemy matters to him. So, Because the one thing that could sort of take this apart, not take it apart, but change it over time, would be if Bienemy gets a job. Yeah. One thing I wonder, though, Bienemy, he's a running backs guy by trade, and isn't Matt Nagy now on that uh, staff with the Chiefs as a quarterback's coach? I think Bienemy still is either the play caller or just so in- invested and involved in that process to where you can give a lot, you should give a lot of credit to what happened last night to him. But yeah. I don't think he's a quarterback's guy by trade. I think he's an offense guy, but I think uh, Matt Nagy maybe on that staff. I think you might now. be right. I'm just still amazed that these, even the players won't. They won't give him – it's not like they're trying not to give him love, but they automatically go to Reed. I mean, I think last night, especially them knowing Andy Reed's history with the Eagles, I think that's right. They're throwing his name out there a lot. Oh, that could – I hadn't thought of that, but that's a decent yeah, point. because yeah. we know how stale it got in Philly for Andy Reed. It wasn't like he was doing bad. It's just there's only so many times you get to the NFC Championship and get to the Super Bowl and not get over the hump. Like, how long are you really going to be there? And, yeah, they, I think the Chiefs, this team, they took that with them. Joe, before we get to Longhorn stuff, I'm going to ask you as a Texans fan, D'Amico Ryan's trying to put some things together in Houston. What do you think of them going uh, twice to the Niners well? The report is they're going to get the passing game coordinator to be the OC, correct, in Houston? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm fine with that. Take somebody off the Shanahan tree, at least to, to some extent. He, he worked under Shanahan, and I think whatever you want to say about the 49ers passing offense, it's you know part of it has to do with the quarterback situation that they had to go through these past two years. So I like getting a guy from the Shanahan tree. I'm okay with a familiar a familiar hire. Um, I, I think it'll it'll work out all right. The defensive hires are going to be interesting because if you're D'Amico Ryans, you want to prove, like, I don't need to be calling plays and I, I'm going to be overseeing this program and this, this franchise. And that's a big challenge for a lot of different head coaches who are especially first-time head coaches. But it sounds like these defensive coordinator hire could be who is what the Cardinals defensive line coach and a guy who is off the Adam Gase tree, which I'm not sure you really want to be going going to that well very often. Yeah, that's Burke, uh, right? Right. Yeah. So I, I don't know about that. I, I do wonder at some point. I know they're trying. It looks like they're trying to hire Gary Kubiak's son, Clint. Mm. Part of me wonders if if Gary will, if for, for the Texans no less, maybe accept some sort of. Helpful role. I mean, Frank Reich's back in uh, he's back in Carolina, and they got Dom Capers, who was the first head coach for both the Texans and the Panthers. Dom Capers is helping out Frank Reich now, so maybe they can get. I, I feel like there's some sort of head coach figure that they should see if will come out and, and help D'Amico out. I, I'm all for the D'Amico hire. I, I think it's a great one. I think you're going to get a guy who runs really solid defenses and knows how to win at a high level. I think he understands what they need to get from offense, and that's why he's going the Shanahan tree. But, um, you know, with a guy who's first-time head coach, I, I would like to see someone who's like, okay, hey, maybe you're in this situation, you're in this situation, you haven't had to manage the timeouts like this before, you haven't had to do the clock situation like that. And we saw Andy Reid, Andy Reid of all people, had one timeout left for it seems like the first time in his career. With right. D'Amico, we don't know if that's going to – what what his tendencies are for that. That's why my, my big – 
I, I mean, not really concerned, but the one thing that I'm, uh, gives me a little pause, but everything else just about how it energizes the franchise, how they're probably going to go quarterback and start that process, it's a really exciting hire. Yep. Do you like that they didn't give Cliff Kingsbury the OC job? I think so. I, I think that Cliff, I think his offense just works better in college. Um, and I think there's a lot of different air raid coaches who could probably make the NFL work. Uh, but Cliff, it, it just didn't work for some reason. And maybe that had to do with Kyler. Maybe that had to do with some of the other skill guys he had. That never, Kyler ain't help. I know that. Kyler didn't help. And, <laughs> and you also had uh, Hopkins wasn't there for half this season in a year where you probably needed him in a make-or-break season. So uh, it, it's a little bit of everything, but – if you're going to go with a modern offensive philosophy and your two options are Shanahan tree or air raid, you don't really have a bad pick. It's just who do you believe can call it better, and they're going to go with the the Shanahan guy who, again, is familiar. Talking with Joe Cook inside Texas on 3.com. Again, at JosephCook89 on Twitter. Getting ready for uh, Texas at Texas Tech tonight. No Chris Beard specifically involved, but you think the Tech students are still going to show up with some Chris Beard chants and Chris Beard energy about them? I'd, I'd be really surprised if they didn't. I went to this game last year, and it was easily the loudest basketball arena I've ever been in. Louder than stuff we saw at the Moody Center this year, at least for the ones I've been to. Um Louder than the Farrell Center, louder than TCU. Probably I, I got to go see the Fog earlier this season for like a Friday night game before the UT-Kansas game, and it I think it was louder than that. And it, it had a lot to do with the energy and how good that Tech team was last season. This Tech team's not good. They have two wins right now. Uh, they knocked off what was Iowa State, Kansas, Kansas State, State the other night. They're not getting big crowds, and they're not getting the most from their players right now. With Isaac's being hurt, Fardaw's up, you know, maybe not a hundred percent. Pacheco, maybe not a hundred percent either. Maybe not even playing. But this game will get them up because of the Beard situation, because it's Texas, because it's Big Monday. I think where you've seen a lot of pretty poor crowds at United Supermarkets, you're about to see a really strong one. May not be packed to the brim. Uh, but I think that student section will be. They'll be ready to welcome Brock Cunningham back again, and uh, <laughs> it'll be it'll be a fun one. And you know, it's a clash of two styles. These guys play, you know, pretty much the same defense, same style of defense, run a lot of same things on offense. Uh, really driven by their ball handlers. Um, of course, if if Fardos is playing for Tech, then that'll be huge because he's huge. Uh, but should be a good matchup, and it's always a tough game in the Big Twelve. Joe, Tennessee lost this past weekend. Purdue lost this past weekend. If the Horns play their cards right and take care of business, I'm looking at a number one seed. That's just they, they're putting themselves in a good position to get that. They handled their business on Saturday against West Virginia, and I don't care what kind of West Virginia team you're playing. If you're playing a Bob Huggins squad, they're going to be tough. And the fact that they had as many turnovers that they had, you got to give Coach Terry and this Horns defense credit, but you also got to give uh, credit to the Moody Center and the mm-hmm. Corral and just how loud it gets there. But you just saw beating that Huggins team by 30-something points the confidence with everybody, like, you know, Serge Barry Rice, they're constantly looking in the crowd. Timmy Allen, like, you know, he's talking mess to Jalen Wilson and, mm-hmm. you know, Keontae Johnson. And that just goes with knowing 
I got guys that are some dogs that are going to back me up and that are going to come to play. Even if, you know, they didn't look good in the Tennessee game or Kansas game, they got off some bad starts there. They still feel like they can play with anybody, and I think that's huge when March comes around. I don't think if you go to any locker room in the country, you'll find more confident players than Jabari Rice, Timmy Allen, and Marcus Carr. Those guys think that any time they rise up for a shot that they're going to hit it and for the most part, they've done that pretty well this year. I think what you mentioned about the one seed, if you go to Inside Texas, I did something where the three Elite Eight runs that Texas, three of the four Elite Eight runs that Texas has had, they've been a one seed or a two seed. And the other one was 1990, I think, when Tom Penders led a 10 seed team to the Elite Eight. And, and they BMW got, yeah, team. Run. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So getting that one or two seed, which they've only done three times, is helps them reach their highest levels in the NCAA tournament. If you win the Big 12, even a share of it, you're probably going to be a one seed. I think since 2017, the only two teams who win a share of the regular season title and not be a one seed was 2019 when Tech and K-State split it. Of course, if you're Kansas or if you're good Baylor like Scott Drew's had, you're going to have that brand behind you, and that'll help probably a little bit with the selection committee. But if you win the a regular season title, which Texas is in really strong position to do, especially the Big 12 and this version of the Big 12, you're in a great shape to be a one seed. Uh, at the very worst, you'll be a two seed in uh, checking bracket matrix. They're, they're no lower than a two seed in all the 86 predictions that make that up. So um, another chance, I don't know if this will stay a quadrant one win because Tech is right on the cusp of uh, quadrant one, quadrant two status, but... It'll still be a good one and, and one that counts towards the Big 12 record, which is just as important. Let me ask you a question, Joe. For the quad one wins, can that change or does it have to happen there? For example, like as of now, Texas Tech might not be a quad one team, but if they were to win a few games later on, beat a couple of really good teams and win a couple of games in the Big 12 tournament, would that make it a quad one win down the line? Yeah, so um, the way it works is home games against teams in the top 30 of the was it NCAA evaluation tool they call it net home games against top 30 teams neutral site games against top 50 teams and road games against top 75 teams those are all quadrant one games so if you're 81 one day and let's say Texas beat an 81 team well that on the road that's a quadrant two win but if they go on a little streak and get up to 65, then that becomes a quadrant one win. Okay. So, and Texas has nine right now. Uh, I think that's second in the country, tied with Purdue and just behind Kansas. So they they have a strong resume as it as it stands right now. A lot of that has to do with the the non conference schedule this year. There's a good balance, or there's a balance of quadrant four, which is lower rung teams, kind of bottom 250 or 250 on. Uh, and then you got a, a great selection, thanks to the Big 12, of Quadrant 1 games. And then Creighton, um, even Illinois, that game, and, and Gonzaga, of course, those games are Quadrant 1 games. So um, not only did you take care of business against Quadrant 3 and Quadrant 4, avoided that loss to Rice, which would have been a little bit of a ding on the resume, uh, but you're taking care of business and doing well in, in Quadrant 1. And all your losses right now are in those Quadrant 1. So really strong resume right now for Texas and uh just trying to clinch that one seed and try to clinch the Big 12 title. There's a lot of ways you could go here, but I'll just set you up. What impressed you most about the win over West Virginia? Because they absolutely got after them, and it was never close. Shooting's really easy to identify. I mean, you go 10 for 17 from three and uh, hit however many shots that you, you made. 
it's always going to be impressive because you haven't seen Texas really get that scorching hot from three that often. Um, I was really impressed with with all the the live ball turnovers that Texas forced because uh, West Virginia, I think they had more turnovers than made field goals, mm. which that's you, normally Bob Huggins does that to other people. Uh, and Bob Huggins was complaining after the game. It was a complaint, but I think he was a little bit of a compliment to Texas too. It's like they just were way more physical than we were. Um, and that that's not typical. Usually, you got guys uh, at West Virginia who are bringing the bringing the pain, and that it, the it got turned around. Um, of course, free throw shooting. If you only miss one and you're hitting the line twenty five times, that, that's going to help you. <laughs> that's going to help you so often. Those twenty five free throw attempts that also speaks to the physicality. If you're driving, uh, hitting the lane, and going at defenders. You're, they're either going to play defense or they're going to foul you. And Texas just forced the issue over and over and over again, uh, made the most of their shots at the line, and just you know just took it to a really well-coached team who uh, should be a tournament team still at the end of the day. I Joe. Quinn yours, haircut, looking smooth, looking like a country-ass Zach Wilson. <laughs> I called it last week. How you feeling about it? I like it. I mean – Let's kind of think about who Quinn Ewers is. This is someone who I think ever since he was at Southlake, oh, it's the mullet. Oh, it's the mullet. And I'm not, I, I, you know, haven't interacted with Quinn a whole lot outside of the media settings. I didn't really get to talk to him that much when he was at Southlake, but and he's, he's been the mullet to most of college football for, for so long. Of course, he's been a five star quarterback prospect, but he's a five star quarterback prospect with the mullet. Now he's, you know, here right before his second season is in Austin, maybe he takes the time to grow it out again, give it another shot, but he let that go. And I think that kind of shows, at least from my perspective, like, hey, I, I, I'm not here to be the mullet. I'm here to be a good Texas quarterback. And that's what my goal is this spring. I've got Arch Manning here with me who's, uh, you know, going to push me to my limits. I got Malik Murphy here who's going to push me to my limits as well. I can't worry about being the mullet. I got to worry about being a really good Texas quarterback, and I think that's what that uh, entails. Um, probably looks a little bit better too. Yeah, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I'm. I completely agree. It tells me I'm for real. This year's gonna be serious. We about to go to the SEC. I ain't playing no more games. I'm. I'm. This is like a step to being the leader that he should be mm-hmm. with Roshan Johnson and Bijan Robinson leaving this upcoming year. This kind of shows me, okay, he's taking the right steps of becoming the leader that we need him to be to win a Big Twelve championship. And I'm messing with that. I dig it. That is Joe Cook, Inside Texas on 3.com. Next week we'll get into some of that SEC stuff now that it is official and look forward to Texas and Oklahoma getting there in 2024. Plus, real quick, give me a thought on baseball because they start this week, and I know you follow Longhorn Baseball very carefully. What are you watching this weekend as they go into the the tournament, a little tournament situation, and get a look at a couple SEC teams. Saturday and Sunday, uh, the pitching is going to be a big. It's always a question every year for every college baseball team. Uh, I feel really confident what Lucas Gordon brings to the plate on Friday nights after seeing what he did last year. Um, but Saturday and Sunday, or it, it, I don't know if it's going to be something that changes over these first few weeks of the year. Luckily for Texas, their non-conference schedules a bit easier than in recent years. Even though the number one team does come to town for a Tuesday game. Uh, but they're going to have some time to really figure out if the, the Saturday-Sunday guys that they start the year with are going to be able to handle that as the year goes on behind Lucas Gordon. There's a lot of questions, but I feel that's the big one. Um, of course, uh, the bullpen 
you know, bringing on young pitchers to, to get ready for important innings uh, as they start their careers at Texas, that's always going to be a big, big one as well. Arkansas, Missouri, and Vanderbilt. If that's on my football schedule, that doesn't seem like it's that crazy. What about baseball? What kind of a three-game set is that? That's a tough one. Uh, yeah. Vanderbilt's always really talented. Uh, probably one of the they, – they're able to pull SEC uh, – kids from all over that SEC fr- footprint – Pitching is is top notch there. Um, Arkansas has been a really strong program yeah. under Dave Van Horn in recent years. Uh, Missouri, not a bad one, but I, I think and definitely not one to to overlook. Uh, but Texas is going to have their their hands full with uh, Arkansas and and Vandy. And plus, since it's going to be at Globe Life, there's probably going to be a pretty pretty good amount of Hog fans up there. Of course, good good, point. good number yeah. of Texas fans. But I mean, remember last year they started the year in Houston. LSU played Texas there, and it was about probably 65-35 purple and gold over wow. burnt orange and white. I don't think I don't think it will be the exact same at Globe Life. There's going to be a strong Texas contingent there, obviously, uh, but there's going to be some hogs being called there as well. God, and this SEC baseball conference that's coming up in a few years. <laughs> it's as much of a gauntlet as the, the football. mackerel. Is. When we get to 24 and Texas and Oklahoma are added to the SEC baseball world, Good grief. That's Joe Cook, Inside Texas, on 3.com. Always good to see you, man. Absolutely. Thank, Thank you, guys. you, Joe. Good stuff as always. We talk to him every Monday about this time. If you have thoughts, Specs text line is 337-3776. A lot of thoughts coming in on the Super Bowl and a lot from the weekend. Up next, we'll hit you with a little flex segment. Two quarterbacks that played high school football in the state of Texas met in the Super Bowl. We'll hit that. Plus, they'll tell you about another big win on the basketball court for that Buta Johnson team. That's next on the horn. Oh, here we go. Heading back to the 80s. Zay, before you played this song, could you have identified it? No. Okay. So this would be I'm Still Standing by Elton John? Correct. This is maybe not the most popular thing to say among Elton John people. This is my favorite Elton John song. Really? There's a lot more that have more substance, more soul, more this, more that, better songwriting, whatever. This song is the first Elton John song that I just remember as a kid loving. Couldn't get it out of my head. The video was awesome. Now, it could have been the fact that there was a bunch of sexy folks in body paint in the video. Ah. There's a chance that that's what it is. But I love this song. It's always good. I love when it gets stuck in my head. So, shout out to Elton John for this one. Yeah, Elton John, he was in the Doritos commercial with Jack Harlow. Not bad. I don't know when it happened, but... I'm looking forward to eating those Doritos, swingy, tangy barbecue. My, that sounds terrific. My wife and I said the same thing. It's like, whoa, <laughs> whoa, whoa, hang on. What Doritos flavor is out there now? Um, I'm now 48, so well into the you know old man thing, and I this is me probably sounding like an old man. To me, the Super Bowl uh, commercial thing jumped the shark a long time ago. Like I don't get excited for them anymore. I don't get pumped for them anymore. I don't jot them down anymore. So, I mean, they were okay to me. I, I nothing could you know. I don't know that anything really jumps out anymore. I think that's kind of played it played out. 
but I know it's a big deal for the the advertising world. But I agree with you. That flavor was interesting. My wife wants to try those chips that the Breaking Bad crew was pushing uh, with that little oh, piece. The- some, They're some, not real chips. Yeah, something They're corners. The healthy, yeah, like the healthy type of Like chip. a healthy option. That was cute. Yeah, I've gotten into that the last couple of years where I'm looking for, I'll do like the, like rice cake chips if you yeah, flavor it up just right. That. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, just trying to keep the waistline under control. So Now, did you see Wu-Tang's own Raekwon in the commercial, like the DoorDash? Was it DoorDash? No. DoorDash think- grocery commercial? He was with that bootleg action Bronson dude that cooks. I don't know his name. Oh, okay. I think I know the commercial you're talking about. I did not realize that was Raekwon. Yeah, that was Raekwon. Now, do I have a Raekwon album I need to listen to? Is that that on my list? That's my favorite Wu-Tang album. Only built for Cuban links. It's like Raekwon and Ghostface Killer together. Okay. It's considered Raekwon's album. And how RZA explains it, he explains it like Raekwon's the main character and Ghostface is the sidekick. Ah, I see. Okay. So kind of like a Batman and Robin, but there's 17 songs, Ghostface is on 14 of them. Gotcha. Okay. There's a good chance they enjoy kung fu movies a little too much. (laughs) Just a little too much. I love it, though. Yeah, yeah, they do love some kung fu. But we could say that about Quentin Tarantino as well. Right. Some people just like kung fu movies a lot, and they do. Just dig them. They do. All right, so I did get through to Cal, the Method Man album, but now I'm noticing there's some bonus track in Europe with Mary J. Blige on it. Now i got to go listen to that. Yeah, probably the best song in the album, but Ooh, that's okay. Goodness, we got to figure that out. Okay, uh, so when we get into this non-football time, Zay and I are going to take the music snobbery to another level and uh, do some album reviews. Uh, Zay's given me these Wu-Tang albums I'm going to listen to. I'm going to give him some albums to check out, and uh, we will have a lot of fun with that. Hopefully you're having a good Monday. If you're a Cowboys fan like me, you're loving the fact that the Eagles did not win the Super Bowl, and we're getting a lot of good texts in. Uh, about different topics, not just the Super Bowl, but some of the basketball stuff. We had a texter giving the, the Texas women's team some love, playing unbelievably fantastic. Says they're beasts and under the boards, and they have a ton of stolen ball turnovers for points. Texas women are playing well. They're in first place, too, and they go to Iowa State tonight. We got a double big Monday for you, if you uh, if you like, and over on 1260, they will tip at 6 o'clock. Coach Schaefer's group is looking really good right now. Once they got a couple of those injuries figured out, Zay, they're playing good ball. Yeah, if you want to come play for Vic Schaefer, you better be in shape. Mm-hmm. Like, you better be in some serious shape because the way they play for 40 minutes, it's intense, and they get after you. Like the person on the Specs text line said, they just force turnovers at a crazy rate. They put the pressure on TCU, and, yeah, how many turnovers they force on TCU? 27. Oh, 27 my, turnovers. Man, that's a lot. Against the Lady Horn Frog. So, yeah, Vic Schaefer's team, they're playing well at the right time. And Rory Harmon, Shaylee Gonzalez, that's such a big transfer. To get her being, you know, all-world in the conference she came from in BYU, she's been terrific in this lineup. And it compliments Rory Harmon very well. They're one of the best backcourts in the nation. And I watched a little bit of that LSU-South Carolina game. They can play with both those teams. Yeah. Don Staley and Kim Mulkey's team. They could play with both of those teams. I didn't see who won that game. Who won it? South Carolina blew them out. Did they really? Yeah. Was that in Baton Rouge? or No, no it was, it was a Columbia. Mm-hmm. Well, Staley's got it rolling there. She was wearing this Randall Cunningham jersey. Was she really? She's such a G. That's she cool. is such an OG. I love her, man. When she played in the WNBA. She was good. She was really good during her Virginia days. 
she'll always be able to recruit well. And damn you, Gino, for going at her. You should be ashamed of yourself. You're already coaching in women's basketball. Let's relax. <laughs> Let's relax, Gino. Come on, man. Yeah. Texas women tonight at 6. Texas men tonight at 8 o'clock. Men's game at Tech here on the Horn and over on Coke FM. Somebody pointing out, yeah, that Elton John playing the Triangle commercial. They liked that last night. Somebody asking if we have any comment on the new Jordan movies. Hey, you in for that new Jordan movie with Affleck and Matt Damon? I am. I like it. I like Viola Davis, too, playing Moms. I like that. Yeah. That's, that's, you know, she's terrific in anything she's in. Yeah, Dave, How to Get Away with Murder might be some of the best TV I've seen the last 10 years. Davis can make me believe anything. I'm yeah, with you. I'm with that. Um, I don't know about the Ben Affleck commercial, the Dunkin' Donuts one with J-Lo. That yeah, was, that was okay. That was all right. I like seeing her. Yeah. Yeah, put her in something by herself. Something about J-Lo talking about a glazed donut was sexy to me. I don't know why. <laughs> it's just... Everything she does is sexy to me, so maybe that's what it was. Uh, yeah, the new Jordan movie will be out. It's just called Air, correct? I think Something that's right. Like that. I think it's, it's the title. Yeah. Uh, someone says he likes it because it was in the movie Sing. Uh, no, no, that's not why I like I'm Still Standing by Elton John. I have seen the movie Sing, but that's not why. Um, and uh, let's see. People are giving me some musical advice there. Y'all see the Chiefs owner's daughter in the suite. Yeah, we saw. Whoa. Yeah, B. Lang was right about that. Wow. Yeah, Brandon Lang did tell us about that. That's the woman that he was saying Patrick Mahomes should end it up with. Yeah, I think that's a little much, but But I I feel him. That's Brandon B. and Brandon. (laughs) Uh, But wow. Yes, very attractive. Very attractive. All right, let's get you a quick flex segment here. We'll talk about those quarterbacks in the game, but also uh, talk some local basketball. Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. All right, Zay, before we get a little Super Bowl talk in here, let's uh, update folks. There was that big matchup with... What you guys had Westlake and Buta Johnson last week. Westlake won that one after Buta Johnson had beaten them the first time. And then Lake Travis and Buta Johnson played on Friday, and Buta Johnson bounces back and beats Lake Travis. Yeah, huge win. Huge win. I think Buta Johnson, they're the district champs for sure, but I think it depends on how Westlake does if they're co district champs. Oh, I see. Okay. Right. They, they get at least a share. Yes. That's what you're saying. Yeah, and gotcha. I think a lot of that, I think the score on the Buda Johnson game the first time, if they were to tie when Buda Johnson blew out Westlake, I think that will give them the nod when playoffs come around, and then they have to decide who plays the 1-4 game and then who plays the 2-3 game. Gotcha. So most likely it's going to be Westlake playing the 2-3 game. But, yeah, Buda Johnson, congratulations to them for them not having Quentin Hairston, their leading scorer. He went out in the Westlake game that me and Roger had. They went up to Lake Travis, a really good Lake Travis team with Hudson Greer, who was on flex with um, Zach Lucero and Nolan the other day, and they got the dub. That's a huge win for Ben Kennison's group. You know, Sam McKinney, he was big in that game. 
Uh, Zariah Kincaid, he's been huge all season long. He's a junior. He has that Jeremy Sohan type hair, kind of blonde, mm-hmm. looking kind of like Cisco. He could shoot it. He could really shoot it. And Jackson Vandergaard, whose pops was an NBA scout back in the day, so you know he could play. All of those guys just filling in for an injured Harrison and getting the job done to give them their first district title in 6A. Very impressive after the bounce-back loss. Or very impressive with the bounce-back win after the loss against the Chaparrales. So uh, check out flxatx.com as we go through the week. By the way, Zay and Roger Wallace off this week, right? You guys don't have a game this week? Yeah, playoffs next week, though. Back next week. Be back next week. Playoffs. Playoff action. Be looking for that on KBVO next week. Uh, Also, just another shout-out to those two guys, Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes. Through the years, we've talked about this area and the talent increasing throughout the state. People noting when guys like Matthew Stafford go to the league and a guy like Baker Mayfield, obviously, from this area becomes the number one overall pick. In this case, they're not from this area immediately, but certainly it shows you that level of talent in the state of Texas, not just getting to the league, not just being on a pretty good team. These guys were quarterbacking the one seeds on both sides, and they just played a pretty badass Super Bowl that I think will go down in history, Zay, as one of the better Super Bowls we've seen. So the fact that it had its it, its historic quality on a lot of, lot of levels, uh, first two black starting quarterbacks, we know that, but uh, also two starting quarterbacks from the state of Texas. They both look pretty darn good. Yeah, I mean, you got a feel for Jalen Hurts. Talk about a guy that's you know, it's so easy to root for him, even him being an Oklahoma guy. Remember, Chad, after they lost to your Buccaneers last year, he went out and said, this ain't never going to happen again. My offseason starts now. I'm mm-hmm. going to come back more prepared. I'm going to come back you know, stronger, faster, he got bigger, bigger, yep. any way possible to help my team because I just got a little taste of the playoffs being the seventh seed last year playing against the defending champs, Buccaneers. I want to see what it's really about. And being that guy that got benched in the national championship game, he carries that extra chip on his shoulder and you see it with him every time he plays. Like that two point conversion that he got, Oof. I thought they stopped that. Me too. If you go look at that, if you, if you just pause, it right before he crosses the goal line and see all the white jerseys that were there. It's amazing how he forced his way into the end zone to tie the game at 35. So, you know, it's so hard to say he'll be back because you just never know. You know, you look at Dan Marino, somebody like that. Sure. You just never know. You'll get that chance. Every A lot of things have to go right. You have to have a little bit of luck with it. And, you know, Jason Kelsey, he's talking about – you know, taking some time and to reflect on if he should come back next year for 2023. So as good as A.J. Brown was, as big as the move that was this season, they still fell short. And it's so hard for that team that loses in the Super Bowl to get back to that point. It's really rare that we see that. But if you had to pick anybody to do it, somebody like a Jalen Hurts. He just makes you believe. And even after the game, he was still saying all the right things. You ain't never going to hear him blame the ref on that James Bradbury call. And I think he understands that, yo, I played against Patrick Mahomes tonight and Patrick Mahomes and his team, you know, of how good our defense was this year, one of the best defenses of all time, 70-something sacks, he made our defense look a little suspect. Right. That's what the greats do, and you just got to tip your cap to them. And I know Jalen Hurts is going to do that, but he's going to get back to the lab. 
That, his yeah, vacation going to be real short. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. Real short. There's no doubt about it, man. Those two guys are uh, working super hard, and the Chiefs have another Super Bowl parade coming this week. We'll continue to talk Super Bowl 57 coming up at 2. Also, Texas basketball at Tech tonight. You know that crowd's going to be crazy. We'll get into that. And remember to set you up for a double big Monday. Texas men and women both in action tonight. Up next, though, where are we at in society? Zay will let us know. Does he want to talk re? Rihanna or something else? We'll find out on the horn. Do you struggle with recurrent UTIs, kidney stones, male or female urology issues? Stop trying to cope. Trust your care to the experts at Urology Austin. Our highly trained specialists treat men and women for a variety of urological issues, including leakage, overactive bladder, kidney stones, urinary tract infections, blood in the urine, and much more. Visit urologyaustin.com. We have over 50 providers at 18 convenient locations across Central Texas. We also have a team of pelvic floor physical therapists. Learn more at urologyaustin.com. This is Chad. Let's talk a little Apple leasing. So easy to get a car, truck, SUV, whatever you're looking for. Any make, any model, any car, any truck, and yes, pay for the part of the car that you're using. I had never been a lease guy, but I am now. So simple. They say they're the home of the easy lease. You just call them up. 346-9977. Tell them what you're looking for. Ask all the questions you want. They'll explain how the process works. If during the process you want another car, you want a different car, you want an upgrade, they'll tell you all about how that works. It is so easy to do. And remember, they get the same discounts and incentives that the dealers do, but they are not going to give you those hassles. They just pass the savings on to you. All the rebates and and selection issues and all those things you can deal with that you're Instead of trying to keep up with all of it yourself, they'll keep up with all of those things. Okay, here's what we can do for you on that Toyota. Okay, here's what we can do for you on that Chevy. Here's what the dealership can do for you on the Ford that we found. And they get you all those options, and you pick the car, truck, SUV, whatever it is that's right for you. Check them out. 346-9977-346-9977 or go to AppleLeasing.com. Are kind of blind. Thought everything was going all right, but I was running out of time. Oh, there's only one man that sings like this. You had one King George, go. George Strait. And this would be Write This Down. That's right. Yeah. What if I made you listen to a whole George Strait record? Could you make it through? I'm fine with that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Could get there? Yeah, I'll get there. I'll be honest. I don't know. He's, he has so much. I don't even know where I would start with you. Um, if it was going to be that, I might go with like a greatest hits kind of thing. Yeah. Because he's got so much stuff out there. Yeah, I have not. I don't. My, the three albums I have for you to listen to, I don't have a country album on there before. Thank you. Don't have that. Although, to go back to the guy who sang the national anthem last night, you would dig some Chris Stapleton stuff. Oh, he killed that. That's some good Stapleton. Yeah. The lesson on Stapleton is if he's going to cover something, he's going to make it his. And most of the time, I haven't heard him do it where I didn't like his vision. So to me, that was kind of his way of sort of that Marvin Gaye thing that happened in the 80s at the NBA All-Star Game. People kind of flipped on Marvin a little bit like, what is he doing with the National Anthem? He made it his. 
And that's what Stapleton did last night. Took that smoldering guitar and that growl of his and sort of turned it into like a, you know, almost a bar kind of song. If I'm Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, hell, even Darius Slay, I'm going up to Nick Seriani after that national anthem and slapping them in the face and saying, Coach, wake your ass up. This ain't the time to be getting all sentimental. We had them all. We've had two weeks to cry, Coach. We've had two weeks to cry. I don't need that right now. Why does it matter if your coach is crying before the game? Because he has to be locked in, too. Okay. He has to have that same. I'd rather have a Steve Sarkeesian go off on, oh, boy, at the Alamo Bowl situation than see Steve Sarkeesian cry at a national championship game and we lose. I can't be locked in and crying at the same time? Hell no. Okay. Hell no. All what right. What's touching you? Right now. You've heard this song a billion times. What is touching you? Chris Stapleton could be that talented. No, um, that's a problem for me. <laughs> when we're about to go to war and play some serious football <laughs> in the Super Bowl, that's a problem for me, Chad. I, I can't have that. Man up, coach. Coach, man the hell up. The St. Whitney, coach. You shouldn't have another man making you cry. I'm not with that. Not at the Super Bowl. There's other times where that's okay. That's acceptable. That's Not a, now. We're about to go to war. That's an interesting form of musical sexism. Are you saying that a woman doing that to him would be okay? Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. What? Yes. <laughs> if that's Celine Dion or something like that. He's allowed to cry he's and allowed, then he's okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But Chris, Staten, coach. Come on, coach. <laughs> Get it together. Wow. Get it together. Took a turn to a weird argument there. I was I, I, at least I understood the argument until you went there, but uh, that's that's interesting. I, hadn't, I had not thought Sirianni of that. Sirianni soft. If you go, if you're gonna be doing all that, looking at the camera and nodding your head, you remember that after the Giants game, uh-huh. he was all looking at the camera like that's what the hell I'm talking about, and then you're gonna be crying at the Super Bowl, bro. Mm. Wow. See Stapleton, man. He'll take those songs. I see that. He will wrap them around your heart, apparently. Uh, we'll keep talking Chiefs over Eagles coming up and uh, Texas basketball getting ready for the trip to Lubbock tonight. They're already in Lubbock, obviously, but getting ready for the game in Lubbock tonight. We'll get all that to you right now. Let's go where are we at in society see what Zay wants to get into. Where are we at in society today? All right, Zay, do I need to check Twitter, or what's going on Yeah, here? check Twitter. Okay, we're checking Twitter. Uh, all right, well, the first post you should see on Twitter is Kim Mulkey. Go to that, look at that first. The Kim Mulkey, oh, hang on. Uh, Don't okay, gotcha, gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha, Kim gotcha, Mulkey, gotcha. she's wearing a pink pantsuit mm-hmm. that got blown out last night, her first loss of the season. She's had a great year at LSU, turned that program completely around like we knew she would. Yeah. But she got blown out last night, and she was wearing that pink jumpsuit. Now, keep that in mind when we go down to Fletcher Cox. Okay. Who was wearing a purple lavender Kim Mulkey-esque pantsuit. Ooh. To begin whoa, the game. Whoa. 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 Yeah. Um, man. Yeah, looking like my Auntie Vernice, 1986. Kinda Auntie had... Vernice, rest in power. But Fletcher Cox was giving a shout out to you. On my computer, it almost looks silver. You're saying this is purple? It's a shade that... of purple? Okay. Yeah, it's purplish silver. It's like a silvery gray to me. But okay, I, Either I got Either way, you. it looks like there's a blouse underneath. It really does. That is a... Uh... It's a hell of an outfit. It's a hell of an outfit. Uh, like I don't even think Camilla Harris could pull this off. There's a lot of. Uh, there's wait who? 
Vice President Harris. Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris. You said Camilla Harris? Either way, whatever. Okay. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah, I do. Okay. Now scroll up a little bit. It's a bold choice for very a, bold. bold. Bold choice for a man to try to pull it, off. Yeah. It might not be as bold as Juju Smith Schuster, who wore a skirt. Oh, okay. Let's see what this is. Okay, there we go. Wow. Okay, Juju. The legs showing and all. Interesting. It's like a kilted skirt. Like he's wearing kind the, of, it what's kind of the a, hat called? Kind of a kilt vibe. I do not know what that hat is called. Is yeah. That, is that a is that a tam? Is that a tam? It looks hat? like a Kango hat, but it looks more okay European. Interesting. I can't tell what's going on with that shirt either. Is that like an old school Super Bowl logo on there? What is that? Super Bowl twenty five? What kind of? What is the logo on that shirt? That is weird. All right. What's worse? Um, who wore it worse? That's who what you're asking worse. me. Yes. Oh man, I think Fletcher Cox is worse. Me too. Yeah, I think Fletcher Cox is worse. Just that's uh, you're trying to you're trying to put a whole lot of body into an outfit like that and hold it together as a challenge to that. At least Juju's got the body to kind of pull off what he's trying to pull off. Yeah, at least Juju had a big game. Fletcher Cox. I don't even remember you doing anything yesterday. I remember one play where his helmet got knocked off. Mm. That's about it. Yeah, but this Madea's Christmas reunion Easter Sunday pantsuit that he's got on, yeah. no, sir. And by the way, I'm not going to go down the sexist route here or the like sex rules for clothes. I got no problem with guys wearing clothes that we might say, hey, that's traditionally worn by women. You just got to pull it off, brother. You just got to pull it off. And I think Juju's pulling this off better than Fletcher Cox. I'm not going there, but at the Super Bowl, eh, I don't need my all-pro defensive ty- tackle wearing a, a pantsuit. I would, uh, I mean, overall, if he's... Like, it reminded me of when yeah. Michael Scott wore the women's pantsuit in the office that one episode. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> like, right. did he know it was for men? If, like, yeah, right. If these are my guys, if this is somebody on a team that I love... I'd probably rather him just show up at the game and not not go like NBA draft night. Like if Michael on fashion. Like if Michael Parsons with his toe sucking self wore this outfit, how would you feel? Super Bowl game and y'all lost. Yeah, I mean it wouldn't that probably wouldn't help. Probably wouldn't help. Yeah. Because the other thing is if and also now, if they lost and he wore it to the media afterwards, <laughs> that'd bother me. Because that's what always bothered me about the Cam Newton choices. It's like, dude, you have to wear that to the media if you lose. You have to, I don't understand. You know, if yeah. you, you wore that into the building. So that means you'll go sit with the media and talk about a loss looking like, you know, a pimp and Zorro had a baby. Are you good with that? Because you're a quarterback in the NFL. Like, focus in. Please help me out. You look like Russell Westbrook on a bad day. Stop it. Those kind of things do bug me a little bit. So Fletcher Cox, though, this is beforehand, and he didn't go to media like that. He had to wear it after. He had to leave with something on. He had to leave with something on, but if he did media with that on, that's a problem. That's a problem if he did media, because that's too distracting. Like, it looks like a a blouse with cleavage underneath the jacket. Yeah, it's just weird. Again, when somebody like a Harry Styles wears something like that, he's doing it on on a magazine cover for a reaction. 
Yeah, right? I get where Harry does. He's I on, get why he does. He's on Vanity Fair, and the whole point is that he's doing it. When Ricky was in the dress on the cover of a magazine, it was for the cover of a magazine, and it's designed for that. This is you going to the Super Bowl. You're creating extra distraction. And maybe you don't need to do that. Mm. Maybe you don't need to do that. That kind of distraction to me might be a little, a little, maybe a little more impactful than like a coach with a tear running down his face. But you know, that's just me. <laughs> that's just me. <laughs> But maybe that tear, maybe there was some play calling in those tears because Andy Reid certainly out, out play called him after that. Yeah, Andy Reid wasn't crying in no Chris Stapleton. Nope. He was locked in, Andy, ready to go. Andy Reid was thinking about drawing on dudes' faces when they fall asleep. Yeah. From that State Farm commercial. Yeah, Terry Bradshaw, <laughs> fat shaming him. Did Bradshaw, Damn him. Did Bradshaw really say waddle on over here? Yeah, what? Damn. I, I I didn't really watch that much of the celebration. I just read it this morning. He, he said that? Come, yeah. Come on, TB. What's your weird cul-de-sac head mullet thing you got going on? You have no right to talk about anybody. Yeah, they don't need to do that. That's not right. All right, uh, there's where we at in society. We do it every day about 145. Let's dig back into the Super Bowl. The Chiefs get the win. Mahomes makes some history. We'll get your reactions on it. We haven't even talked about the halftime show yet. We'll get into that. If you have thoughts on it, Specs text line is 337-3776. Stay with us. It's the Horn.